0: Hey everyone, welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here you can listen to our latest weekly sermons for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Amen. Praise God. It's wonderful to see everyone here this morning. I am so glad you are here. Are you glad? Psalm says, with joy, they say to us, let's go down to the house of the Lord. Amen. With joy. They said, let us go down together to the house of the Lord. That's so, so awesome. It's with joy. God says, let the house be filled with joy. You see, so let the house be filled with praise. We enter His courts with praise. Amen. Amen. So then when we do that, it's a posture of our hearts when we come with a heart of praise. And um, I just want to remind you on a couple of things this morning, because we family. Right? We're family. And that means that you can relax. Okay? You can relax. You can just be who you are. Because that's what we want. We want you to be who God made you to be. So this morning, just take a deep breath. Just let it go. Or everything that's not you. Or maybe all the pressures of of performance. Think that you need to keep up a a posture or an idea that someone's not going to like you. Just... Let that go this morning. Because here you can just be who you are. Amen. God loves you. God loves you. And I want to remind you on a couple of things that, that when we look at this church and the prophetic word over this church, is that God said that this is not just going to be a nice place. We've got a specific assignment. Amen. We've got an assignment. And this is to undug, dig up, earth that what is hidden. Amen. Okay, just one. Thank you now. One amen. We need to dug or, or, or dig up or unearth that what God has hidden for us. Because there's a calling and there's a purpose. Deep calls unto deep. Amen. And when we spoke on altars, so we, we're busy with a series, but raising the altar, I just, I just want to challenge you that if your mind doesn't understand these things, praise God, you don't have to understand everything to believe something. Okay. So, you can relax. (laughs) You don't have to understand everything to believe something. But know that what we do here is the word of God and to set you free. To raise you up and to change your life. Amen. And sometimes we do things and it manifests in our lives and it's present in our lives. And we just don't have terminology. We just don't have a definition for what's actually taking place in our lives. So stuff happens, and we don't know. And we just say, oh, this thing happened. But we don't understand the spirit because our war is not against flesh. Amen? Our battle is in the spirit. There's things happening. How many of you know that sometimes when we walk in here, things just work? And it's so wow. And other times it's just a battle. You see, it's because there's a spirit realm, and you are a spirit being. You, you just live in this flesh. But you're a spirit man. You're a spirit being. You see, when God comes and He calls Israel out of Egypt and He says, what does He tell Moses? What does Moses come and He tells Pharaoh? He says, God says, let my people go. Why? They've worked hard and they need a holiday. No. He said, I call them to come and worship me. They need to come and build an altar. One of the words of the mountain of God translates to the altar of the Lord. So the mountain of God, it says, who can, Psalm 24, who can ascend to the heel of the Lord, the mountain of God? Who has got clean hands and a pure heart? Amen. The God of Jacob. So he who has clean hands and a pure heart, he says, can ascend to the heel of the Lord. And that heel, that mountain, if you go and look at the word, it speaks of the altar of God. So it says, who can come to the altar of the Lord? He was got clean hands and a pure heart. Do you understand that there were so many rituals and rites and things that the priest had, go, had to go through in order to serve at the altar, in order to make a sacrifice. They had to be cleansed. They had to wash. They had to put on a new garment. Do you see that all the things that we teach during the year builds one on another? It's not just to keep you busy and have nice messages. It's actually we building something. We're building into your lives to understand and to be rooted because God is taking us somewhere. Amen. Amen. So an altar is a place where sacrifice takes place. But an altar speaks. And as I said, we'll get to that teaching. But there's different altars in our lives. An altar is a contact point. So let's just get to the Psalm 119, 144 says, Give me understanding that I might live. Give me understanding that I might live. And one of the words, the understanding, the pictograph of understanding, that's the Hebrew, the Hebrew language was written in pictographs, in pictures, in picture forms, word forms. And, and the picture for this was the same as the word prophet and prophesied speaks of building a house or a dwelling place for a seed to come and bring forth. So, if you need to have understanding, it's a place where He says that I might live. It's a place, a house, a dwelling place for God where the seed of God is in you to come and bring forth so that you may live. Amen? So, when we speak on altars, where does a sacrifice take place? At an altar. So, So, I want you to just understand that this is an altar. Your life is an altar. So, so we're not going to go and physically start building something and bring in the goats and the cows and we're going to start sacrificing, okay? I said, we're family, we family, you can relax. <laughs> we're not going to do that. But it's got spiritual significance because your life, Romans says what? The book of Romans 12, I appeal therefore to brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Amen to present it uh, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What Paul says is be a living sacrifice. Be a sacrifice unto the Lord. A sacrifice takes place at an altar. That means if you're a living sacrifice, you need an altar where you are sacrificed, where you come and you lay yourself down. Now, in the Old Testament, an altar from the very beginning was a place or a structure where sacrifices was made for religious purposes. All right. It was um, a raised platform. God is very specific when he says build an altar. He says don't cut this, the huge stone, don't, don't bring cut stones and all these things, bring a solid stone. He speaks actually of what you do at the altar, you cannot do out of your own effort, out of your own works. Nothing. When he says you build an altar, it's something that you come and you just die. You lay down your life. There's over 400 references in the Bible about altars and building altars. Genesis 8, 20, we find the first word altar. It's when Noah, after, after the flood and they get out, Noah builds an altar to God. And he presents, but, but actually right in the very beginning, we find in Genesis 4, verse 3 to 4, we find Cain and Abel bringing offerings and sacrifice unto the Lord. That had to take place in some kind of form of altar, some type of altar, although the word is not specifically used there. The first time the word appears is in Genesis 8. But we build an altar Now an altar is basically this, it's a place of consecration. So when he says your life is an altar, your life is a place of consecration. Amen. When you're a sacrifice, sacrifice comes and it kills, it dies, it bleeds out on the altar because you give, because it's a place of consecration. And, and, and before the law of Moses, altars were built of whatever material was, was close by. Whatever material they could get, they built an altar with that material. But after the law, God actually became very specific in how to build an altar. What materials should we use? How to come and cleanse? Because He says, the altar shall be holy. You cannot defile the altar. And He says, and the altar, whatever touches the altar, becomes holy. It's a holy place. It's actually just a place, as I said, where you come and you consecrate, but you commemorate an encounter with God. We'll see in the Old Testament the pattern: Abram, Isaac, Jacob, Gideon, David. Whenever they had an encounter with God, they build an altar as a memorial unto the Lord. Abram comes and he encounters God, it says, and he builds an altar. Jacob later, God comes and he calls him back. And Isaac, he says, Isaac, in the land of famine, Abraham went to Egypt when there was famine. Now there's famine again. And Isaac wants to do the same thing. He wants to run down back to Egypt. And God says, don't go down to Egypt like your father. Stay in this place. And then later, Jacob comes because it's Jacob and Esau. And, and um, he runs away because he steals his birthright. And God commands Jacob and he says, go back to the altar that your father has built. And he says, go and change your garment and go back to that place. See, Jacob comes and he encounters God. Remember when I, when I spoke about resting on the stone and he put the stone up as an altar and he poured oil on it. And he says, Go back to the place where I've encountered you because I want to be Bethel, God's dwelling place, God's promise, God's house. You see, where do you find an altar? Wherever they encountered God, all these things. But in the tabernacle model, there was an altar. And we are the tabernacle, the temple of God. 1 Corinthians 3 16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And that the Holy Spirit lives within you. And that the Holy Spirit is holy and you are the temple. And if you bring damage to this temple, then you bring damage to what God wants to do because you are the temple. Holy Spirit lives in us. Amen. Amen. So there's the mirroring, the types. Remember, everything is a type and a shadow off. So it shows and it points to Christ so there's a model in the old testament of the tabernacle and the rituals and how they had to sacrifice and wash he had to take the blood and put it on the implements, and they had to anoint it remember the blood on the right ear on the head the ear the hand the thumb and the toe There was a structure of how they anointed it because it was so that I can hear God for service, that I can serve God, that I can walk where He wants me. And the last, whatever was left in the left hand on the head, so that I can have a renewed mind in thinking correctly. Amen. There was a pattern in how they had to anoint and dedicate things. The furniture in the temple had to be anointed and separated, set apart. So it's a place where God encounters and in that place, the Ark of Covenant was found in the Holy of Holies. No light because God's glory is the light. God's glory is the light. So, so what happens in an altar, it's a place where you consecrate yourself to God because you have a desire to just consecrate yourself fully to the Lord. And and we just want to refocus on that, what we're actually doing. We're doing many things, but we need to to just put an emphasis on some things that you understand what we are doing and why we are doing this. We said, whatever altar operates. So, So Nebuchadnezzar comes and he's a mighty, mighty, mighty king. Short man, powerful man. He's one of the most fierce generals and he takes one land after the other but he builds an altar, and every time because fire, just let's go, it's not on there, if you want to go to Leviticus 6, just let's just touch on that scripture quickly, Leviticus 6. That's the first part of your Bible. There were the dusties. (laughs) All right, Leviticus 6. Verse 11, remember I said they had garments and all these things, cleaning rituals, so it says, then then he shall take, that's the priest, off his garments and put on other garments and carry the ashes on the altar outside the camp to a clean place. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it, it shall not go out. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning. He shall arrange the burnt offering on it and shall burn it on the fat of the peace offerings. Fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually and it shall not go out. Amen. Fire on the altar should never go out. The fire on the altar. You see, one of God's kingdom languages is fire. The way God speaks is in fire. What does John say? He says, I baptize with water, but the one who is coming after me, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You say it so beautifully. You see, one of the kingdom technologies is fire. And he says, and when the Holy Spirit came upon them, it was tongues of fire. When Elijah was taken up, he went up with chariots of fire. When Elisha and his servant were surrounded by the enemy and he couldn't see, and he says, We are outnumbered. And he says, Lord, just open his eyes. What did he see? Angels and chariots of fire. There's technology, it's God's language. When Moses comes and he encounters God in the wilderness, he walks for 40 years. He looks after the sheep of his father in law in the wilderness. How many trees are in the wilderness? None? No, some. At least a couple there. So that burning bush experience, he had to pass that, cup, that burning bush a couple of times. Nothing extraordinary. But one day, he suddenly sees this, this bush burning. And he goes into to, to look at, inquire, and see what's going on. And he sees this bush on fire. It's burning, but it doesn't burn out. It just keeps on burning, but it doesn't consume it. It just comes and it burns and it burns and it burns. And, and the word for that fire is glorified fire. Glorified fire. The same that speaks when the Holy Spirit and tongues of fire came upon them and they were baptized. It, it says it was conferred on them. It speaks of glorified fire and it speaks in the New Testament Acts. You can go, it speaks of and light, flashing light. So in Exodus twenty, where God comes and He gives the Ten Commandments, He speaks to the people and they commands them. After He says, "You see, we're going to go out to worship God." He gives the law. He encounters the glory of God is so thick. It says, "Thunders and billows of smoke and lightning and all these things and sounds of a trumpet." And and they say and they they saw thunder and lightning, and then they say and they heard voices like a trumpet how do you see Thunder you can't see thunder right we can see lightning but you hear thunder but he says they saw thunder and lightning and they heard trumpets voices like trumpets. so the writer he knows the voice or or the word uh, hear so it's not that he doesn't know. He knows what he's saying. He says, we saw thunder and lightning. We heard voices like trumpets, billows of smoke. That's what it says when God comes and he gives the, the commandments. And it's so amazing because God speaks a certain language to say, I want to marry you. I want to become one with you. Because what happens in marriage is to become one flesh. Two becomes one So just think, just tie that to your hair. Two becomes one. When Moses encounters God at the, the burning bush, he says, What to him? What instruction does God tell him? Take off your shoes because this is holy ground. All right. When the elders worship God and they get a revelation of Jesus, who He is, they cry out, What? Holy, holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. So what is the significance of holy? Because don't you think it's, it's quite boring if you just cry out the, the whole time, holy, holy, holy. There's many, Hosanna, praise God, hallelujah. There's other words as well. Don't you think? You're thinking us, we're doing, we, we keep making you tired if we sing a verse over and over. You're going to say for the rest of your life, holy, holy, holy. The word holy means this, it's... To become one with. So when they get a revelation of who God is, they say, holy is the Lord God. He says, let us become one with that what we understand. Let us become one with this new revelation. God says, Jesus prays in John 17 and He says, Father, as we are one, now let they and us become one. One, holy, becoming one. Therefore, God says, be Holy, for I am holy. Be one with me as we are one. Come on. And he comes and he says, holy, you're standing on holy ground. He sees the glory of God manifesting, the glorified fire. And God says actually this, don't do a ritual. Don't take off your shoes because it's disrespectful. He says, take off your shoes, stand in the ground, stand in this place, It's holy place. Become one with the glory. Become one with the holiness. Become one with my fire. Become one with me. That's what God's saying. He says, become one. And now there on Mount Sinai out of Egypt. He says, I'll deliver you. I'll take you to be my own people. I will be your God. All the words, I'll wash you and I'll cleanse you. All those words that he speaks, Hebrew language, remember, it's pictures and it speaks. It's, it's pictographs and word pictures. They're very intentional. Whenever a Jew speaks or their culture, whatever they do or say, it's very intentional. Whatever they do, it's with intention. Because it carries significance. It carries meaning. So he comes and he says this. He says, I want you to become mine. I'll be your God. You will be my people. I will take you to be my own. I wash you. I rescue you. Segula, out of everything else and everyone, you are my prized possession. No one else. And he comes and now this is the place where the glory of God appears. The Katuba is the prenup where we, we draw contract. I have shared this before. And the glory of God comes. And the word says, the sound of thunder. Or, or, or yeah, they, they saw thunder. The word thunder, if you go in the dictionary, it's kulei. Kulay means languages. Languages. And lightning speaks of flashing swords and glorified fire. So what do they see on this mountain where God appears? They saw languages of glorified fire and flashing swords. And it gets louder because, go and read there. It says, and it gets louder and louder and louder. And Sometimes as a church, we get softer and softer and softer. And God says, when the fire comes, it becomes louder and louder and louder. And they become afraid and I said, Moses, you speak to him lest we should die. You see, an altar is a place of connecting with heaven for total consecration. So God comes in He appears on the mountain and He says, this is my altar. What did He say? Come up to worship me. And they were afraid and only Moses, the elders, go up. Not the whole nation as God wants. And there's a different model and structure that starts to follow. But God says, no, the very beginning before you rejected my proposal of becoming one. That was my heart. I want to become one with you. And they rejected the proposal there. They had to install or start with the feast of Pentecost. And for 2,000 plus years, they had to do this until the very day of the book of Acts, where tongues of fire appear and says, I want to become one with you. And they were filled with the tongues of fire. And they started speaking tongues of fire. And God says, you're not going to build an altar anymore there, but you become the altar. And my fire will consume because 1 Kings 18, there's famine in the land. There's trouble. Nothing works. Sounds like modern day. And God tells Elijah and he says, my, my, my altar lays in ruins. Because an altar speaks Certain things manifest in your life Because that altar speaks louder Than the altar of God in your life Because whatever is the stronger altar Will rule the weaker altar That's what Nebuchadnezzar does He comes and he takes the the people captive But every time he's an altar He maintains an altar He builds an altar He increases the fire There's different intensities to fire. There's different colors to fire. And he comes and every time before he takes a nation, he makes a sacrifice and he intensifies the fire. He makes sure that his altar is greater and stronger than the other nation. And then when he does that, he goes into battle because he has maintained and built an altar. He goes and he occupies them. An altar needs to be occupied. An altar needs to be maintained. Therefore God comes and He commands them, He says, the fire on the altar should never go out. Day and night you need to maintain the altar. Every morning you need to put wood on it. How many of us put new wood every morning on our altars? He says put wood on the altar, maintain it so that the fire can burn. The fire on your altar should never go out. So 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 Nebuchadnezzar increases the fire every time. You know what when he comes to the nation of Israel? Because he took the nation of Israel. Why? Wow, because they stopped maintaining their altar. They started sacrificing to Baal. They started sacrificing and maintaining the altar of pagan gods instead of the altar of God. What happens? There's demonic altars. And Nebuchadnezzar just makes sure that my altar is stronger? And he goes and he takes Israel captive. That's when Daniel is taken into captivity. To Babylon. And you know that, that Nebuchadnezzar, he tells his general that, that goes and invades them. He tells them the secret. He says, here is their weakness or their strength. Their strength. He says, be careful. Don't let them do this. Otherwise, you will not be able to take them. He says, don't let them turn back to God and repent. He says, otherwise you will not be able to defeat them. Man, let the, even the devils know if you repent, there's no hold on you. He says, don't let them turn back to God. Otherwise you cannot take them. But they were in such a state of apostasy that he comes and they take him and they destroy him. Jerusalem You see What's the, the word Remnant There's a remnant Amen There's a remnant here You know Daniel's friends Shadrach, Meshach And Abednego An Afrikaans is salsak, milsak, And Afrikaans Salsak, Meelsak And Appel Eenoog Alright Good Amen. I need to focus. (laughs) I can derail myself. I'm almost halfway. He builds an idol. And he says that every time the, the horn sounds, you will fall down and you will worship. And they purpose, because the word speaks of Daniel also, he purposed in his heart. He will not defile himself and eat the king's meat and the wine. And he, that's where we get the Daniel's fast and the Daniel's diet from, where he ate certain things and his friends. And it says, and they became wise. And there was a tenfold increase because it says, at the end of the years, he became ten times more wise than the sorcerers and the magicians and all this. You know, even uh, your body is an altar. You know, even the diet that you eat, makes you to hear God differently. What we eat, and you think heaven is closed. God says a healthy body hosts a healthy spirit. That which you are determines how you worship and how you hear God. We need to look after this temple. Alright, that one was for free. So they need to bow down and worship this idol. And what happens? They let's make it short they, they refuse and they get thrown into the fire nothing happens with them in the fire what happens now Nebuchadnezzar goes and he increases seven times the furnace and what happens Jesus appears the one with fire in his eyes he comes and he walks with them and nothing happens to them except the guys who are making the fire they get lighted up they die he increases so what what actually I don't like to use this word portal but that's what they did actually they opened a place where God came and manifests Jesus comes and he appears on the fire can you see when he says Build an altar. Maintain the fire. Don't let the fire go out. He will come with that fire. Because when Jesus comes, he is the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You see, so back to Elijah. God says, my altar lays in ruins again. And he says, now Jezebel has been reigning and Ahab, but he says, nothing happens. And he says, go and rebuild my altar, and I will answer with fire. It was three and a half years drought. Who of you were very thirsty before? When typically, if you have to go for an operation, then by 10 the previous night, they say, don't eat or drink. And that next morning, you just wish like you can just take one sip. Who of you actually does take the sip? (laughs) Yeah. And then you tell them, no, I didn't eat anything or drink anything. Mm. But I think all of us have been at some place in our lives where we are really thirsty. So there's a drought for three and a half years. And Elijah comes and he takes 12 stones representing the 12 tribes. And he comes and he rebuilds. And it says, and God, Rapha, he healed the altar. God healed the altar. But first happens, he says, Elijah called the people near and says, come closer. And they rebuild with 12 stones the altar of God. He prepares the wood, the sacrifice, the cow. He cuts it into pieces. And then he says this, bring water. So where do you get water if it's a three and a half year drought? And he comes and he says, bring water. Four buckets or four containers of water. And he says it three times. So it's 12 containers. Again for the 12 tribes of Israel. And he says and he dug a trench and it filled everything. Speaking about a sacrifice. The sacrifice wasn't the cow that was cut to pieces. There, to in a drought of three and a half years pour 12 buckets of water. Spill it over an altar. And he says, and God is going to come. And I love it. It says, and when God answered with fire, it says it licked up the water. It consumed the dust, the stones, the wood, everything. God comes and he answered with fire. You see, we want to let God answer with fire. Who wants God to answer with fire when we call upon him? All right. Only some of you. The others, don't be afraid. We want God to answer with fire. We want Him to come and answer with fire. Because remember, God is a consuming fire, but He says, I made you to be a vessel and an altar. So you can contain and carry the fire of God. You are the vessel that carries the fire of God. Don't be afraid for the fire of God. You are the place where God wants to bring the fire. That's why he says, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with my fire. Flashing swords, lightning. If we can just understand the power of speaking in tongues. Because it's an altar that you maintain. And if you build this altar, the enemy cannot come. Because you're maintaining an altar that's stronger than him. That's why Paul says, I pray more in tongues than all of you together. He says, your mind is unfruitful, but your spirit is active. It's powerful. Come on. Jude one twenty says, build your most holy faith by praying in the spirit. You're maintaining an altar. The significance of building an altar is consecration. We consecrate something. It's an occasion and a place where we say, Lord, we encounter you. It's a memorial for God. I'm a, I'm, I'm not close to done, so we just need to land this somewhere. We'll continue. I'm trying to get your mind in the right posture and the mind in the right direction where God's taking us. So, whatever altar you maintain is the one that's going to speak. There's different altars there's a personal altar in your life, there's family altars, and there's corporate altars. You need to maintain. personal altar in your life what's an altar it's a place maybe it's your study maybe it's your your bedroom maybe there's a place where you just separate yourself from the world and everything and you build an altar it's a place of consecration and dedication unto the lord do you understand we're not spooky we're not weird it could just be a place or you can maybe physically have some people have in their homes. If you're blessed with a bigger home, then you have space. Some people have this. It's just this is the worship room, or this is just you know where this is the place of consecration. In this place, we we, issue believe. I'm overflowing. Thank you. So wherever there's a, there needs to be. personal altar in your life there needs to be a family altar and then there's a corporate altar that's why God says house to house and in the temple when we gather there's something about building a corporate altar as a nation as a family as a church as a people so when we come together you're not coming to church for a nice message for great songs when we come together, we're maintaining and building an altar to the Lord. We need to start shifting our minds and understand that what we do. That's why the band cannot go before you and, and be the ones who do all the hard work. We do the hard work together because we lift up our voice. It's to become one with who we is. When we cry out holy, it's to say, Lord, let us become one with what you are. You see, so God wants us to maintain an altar and build an altar. Why don't we see stuff happening? It's because we don't maintain and put wood on the altar that God can come and consume it with fire. Then there's other altars speaking louder. God calls us to build an altar. I spoke two weeks back. On David getting offended with God because he, his anger broke upon Uzzah because he tripped at the threshing floor. You remember that? And then the ark went to ubert Ibram and he got more blessed than the people of Israel because of the presence of God. So there's another instance, there's a threshing floor, and I said the threshing floor is a place of worship and intimacy, but you first need to deal with your heart, otherwise, you cannot cross the threshing floor the temple of god is built on a threshing floor in 2 samuel 24 david builds an altar the prophet gad comes and there's disease there's there's, a, there's the the angel of the lord is striking israel because he took senses he numbered the people and god says don't number so the angel of the lord is striking and he gets to to gad comes and he tells him he says go to Aruana and by the threshing floor and build an altar to the Lord. How do we stop the angel of God killing the nation? He says, you need to build an altar. If you build an altar, I can stop because I, I, this is what he does. He needs to act. If you break the covenant, I need to strike. So he broke the covenant and the angel is striking and he comes and the prophet says, you need to go and build an altar. Oh, actually, the angel tells him, he says, go to the threshing floor. And the angel says, you need to build an altar. That will cancel this. And he goes to Arana. He's busy there plowing. And he says, I want to buy this piece. And he says, no, king. Yeah, I give everything to you. I'm, I'm making it very short. And he says, no. I will not take something unless it, 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 it costs me. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord that cost me nothing. He says, so David bought the threshing floor and he built an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings. So the Lord responded to the plea and the plague was averted. An altar is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you. We want to see God. We want to see the fire. We want to see the glory. But first the price first it's going to cost us but if we come and we maintain and we build we're going to see God answering we're going to see God coming with power we're going to, go, we're going to see God moving you have to pay a price it's always going to take a sacrifice but this is the thing God responds actively to alter activity At the altar, God wants you to come and lay down your life because at the altar, He wants to alter something in you. God wants to change something in you. Amen? If you want God to answer with fire, then let's build an altar to the Lord. Give yourself as a sacrifice and you'll see how God comes. I'm going to end off there. And this is where God's taking us. This is where the Lord is leading us. Is Your life is a holy, living sacrifice unto the Lord. God has designed you to carry His kingdom. He says, many are going to say, look there, look there. He says, but the kingdom is within us. A kingdom, He says, that cannot be shaken. God's kingdom technology is fire. And He says, I made you to carry my fire. And when I come and you get born again, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. It's not something strange. There's strange fire as well. Eli and the sons and all those guys played with strange fire. We can get to that. But God calls us. Who can ascend to the hill, the altar of God? He has got clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not lift his soul up. To falseness and swear deceitful deceitful God is calling you let's just stand together let's just close our eyes Just focus on the Lord. And in the next one or two minutes, we're going to be done. Thank you, Father. Rebe Santo, Robo Shedrende, Rebe. Rababasi tente. Rebe Shitet eternamente. Rebe Shitende. And if you can pray in tongues, just pray with us. If you cannot, just focus on the Lord and that's what He wants to do through you. <laughs> Father, we know that you want to come and you want to answer with fire, Lord, as we come. But you first require of us to pay a price and to build an altar for you. And as you pray, I want you to, to, to let God speak to you as to where in your life is there a different altar, an older, a other altar that speaks louder than God's altar in your life that God calls you to maintain an altar, to build an altar, personal, family, corporate. And you don't realize or understand why things are not working or, or, or taking place in your life. But maybe God says, my altar is laying in ruins. And you want me every time to answer with fire. But there's nothing that I can bring my fire to because I need my altar. And that God is calling you. And this is, if we can start here today, that I can can get everyone to make a personal commitment and and decision to say, Lord, I'm stepping into a place where I'm going to start building and maintaining an altar for the Lord. Where I will step into a place where I will build a personal altar. You see, Galatians says that we don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. He says, if you walk according to the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. In other words, what he is saying is, if you build God's altar, the altar of the flesh will not speak louder than God's altar. God's altar of the Spirit will come and you will walk with the Spirit and with fire, not the flesh. see we just look at it differently and, and we use different terms vocabulary but God says come and build an altar we prophetically ministered a while back on a change of garment but like the priest God is changing your garment and he says go and maintain the fire on the altar go and put wood on the altar what is the key Nebuchadnezzar said to his general, don't let them repent. So Father, we want to come and we want to repent of the things that we missed. The wrong altars that we maintained. The altars that we put fire and wood on. That was not your altars. Father, I pray that we come and that you'll claim us. That we will build your altar, Lord. So that your presence can come you see if we can just understand that God calls us to walk with his very presence every single moment Lord we just come I'm not gonna go deep into that today further I want you to go and as God shows you things go and cleanse yourself go and repent go and restore and say Lord Show me how to build this altar in my life. Remember, an altar is going to cost you. But then the Lord will come. And He will answer by fire. Father, we just say, thank you, Lord. And this day and in this moment that we will make this commitment to say, we will start building the right altars, your altar. Maybe you have a personal altar. God's challenging you to a family altar and the corporate altar. That you will come and meet us. Father, we just surrender. We give it up to you. We love you. Thank you, Lord, in this day. Holy Spirit, you'll keep on ministering to us. Keep on speaking to us. Keep on leading us. Father, I know the shift that's going to come. I know the shift that we are in. I know the glory that we are about to see. We just love you. We just honor you. Amen. And if you love God, say amen and give Him praise. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit our website on LWPE. You are formed to function, so let's build.